Welcome to the ninth episode of Ponies, Puppies, Peonies, and Pick-Me-Ups. A podcast about a now no longer newlywed couple learning how to homestead. Without being terribly snarky with one another. I would have said overly snarky, but <laughs> that's fine. Cool. So we haven't done this podcast in a while. We kind of... Um, falsely advertised that we were going to do it monthly back in February. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, life got in the way. Indeed, it did work and a lot of cyber stuff. and Yeah, the other side of our life that sometimes we don't want to pay attention to, but we are forced to. And then uh, just uh, taking care of things around here. Just haven't had time to set up the equipment and dive into the recording. And, you know, not to be like... A Debbie Downer, but it was the grist part of the end of the winter where you see rays of hope that the spring is coming and then it's miserably cold again and you just want to retreat back into the house. Yeah. So so anyways, we decided that we were going to pick this up again. And because we have a lot of content, because we haven't done this in a few months, we're going to break this into a couple episodes. Yeah. So we've got a lot of content in each of the areas and the Ponies, the horses, puppies, the dogs, the peonies, all the vegetation and gardening. and The pick-me-up is probably the weakest of all of them. Yeah. Right now. However. The, it's not that we haven't uh, been drinking pick-me-ups. It's no. that we haven't tried a lot of new ones. Yeah. We kind of got stuck in a rut. Yeah. Although we have some things we're going to talk about today. Plus, we have the other two peas, the poultry, the chickens. And, and the products. all the different products and new things we're going to talk about amongst these episodes I know. Oh, and I need to start off, because I haven't lived it down since the last episode, <laughs> when we were talking about the chickens, the poultry, and I said that uh, Henrietta, who is, uh, not who is, what is a, uh, which is a... Um, uh, longhorn. Longhorn. Brown. Leg. Yeah, brown longhorn. Uh, and I said I liked her coup, and I haven't been able to live that down. So. <laughs> I'm just uh, calling that out. Yeah, I almost forgot. And then we re-listened to the last episode right before this one yeah. just to make sure we weren't going to be trite. And um, <laughs> I heard it again, yeah. and I made fun of him again. So, so I won't say that again. Nope, never again. So let's see. Um, on our front, on the Cox household front, we have actually finally gotten our first shot. Yeah, that's that's right. That's that's something that we uh, were waiting to see how everything shook out in mm-hmm. the winter in regards to the vaccines, and finally got a chance in what was it like early April? Yeah, and we originally I was very excited about getting the Johnson and Johnson because I wanted to be one and done. And we had actually signed up for it the week that they actually paused it. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I wouldn't say it's unfortunate, but we ended up having to get the Pfizer one. Mm-hmm. So that meant we have to go back for two shots and we're pending our second shot still. Yeah, so coming up. It'll be coming up soon. So um, hopefully once we get all of our shots underway and then our friends have their shots, we can start doing some small gatherings at the farm. Yeah. And uh, maybe actually having some of a social life. Because um, quite frankly, I'm sure most of my friends out there realize this, Kevin and I have become quite the recluses on the farm. Yeah. Um, not not such a bad yeah. way to live. But yeah, you want to interact with people. Well, and we just didn't want to... We didn't want to catch COVID. Yeah, or no. give it to somebody. Or give it to somebody. Um, interestingly enough, we both had reactions to the first yeah. Pfizer shot. 
Um, Yours was almost instantaneous that that afternoon. Yeah, I, I ended up getting an arthritic reaction. So my joints in my wrist and stuff swelled. Yeah. Um, it, thanks for Kevin doing the research. I thought maybe I was a one-off anomaly. Um, but it looked like about 11% of people with the Pfizer shot had an arthritic reaction. Yeah, something so, with the joints. And then Kevin was fine. And then all of a sudden, what? Two days later, you yeah. were knocked on your butt. It was just an immense sense of fatigue. Yeah. And it lasted about 48 hours. Yeah. And then uh, got better. But then you had like, uh, after I got recovered from the fatigue, then you had that kind of tightness in your joints again. Yeah. So for a day. So we're basically um, going to really hydrate before the f- next shot. Yeah, that's someone... what a lot of people have told me is a good thing to do and hope for the best. Yeah. But prepare to not have to work on the, <laughs> the next day. So I'll be able to. Anyway, so moving on to the peas, which do you want to take at the top of the order ponies or do you want Yeah, we'll just go in okay. order. So the last episode, we talked about the um, possibility of adding a new horse to our um, herd that we were going to get James vetted out. Um, And we are very happy to report that Lucky James passed his vet. Yeah. um, Actually, remarkably well for um, his age. And, um, you know, just I figured he would have more ouchiness. Yeah. but he passed his vet out, and we had actually planned on picking him up towards the end of that week, and then um, the dreaded snowstorm decided it was going to come. Yeah, so it was um, around like mid-February, mm-hmm. and um, we uh, were going to go later in the week, and then with the snow coming, we moved it up a day, yeah, right? we did. So he, we were picking him up in... Um, Charlestown, West Virginia, mm-hmm. up around that area, up by the Charlestown racetrack near that. Uh, and got up there the day before the snow came in and got him home. Yeah, he loaded like a champ. Yeah, he did. Um, and his owner was really sweet. She figured he wouldn't give two cares about leaving her care. She's like, he'll be fine. He never misses a meal. And then he missed a meal. And I started to stress out. Yeah. So I gave him some banamine in case he was just like feeling a little blue and his tummy was bothering him. And he actually didn't eat two meals to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then by the, th- the next day, he was like, okay, I'm starving. I'm going to eat now. I guess yeah. I've wallowed in self-pity long enough that my mom's not around anymore. And then he slowly started to adjust and come out of his shell with us. Um, and we put him out. Did we put him out by himself, though, yeah. out of the paddock? Yeah, we did. So at first we put him out by himself, and he let us know that that wasn't cool. But one of the things that he had, we didn't want to leave him out too much because we had snow on the ground, and it was wet, and yeah. it was muddy, is um, he came to us with mud scratches. And what, I you've told me what they are now, but it's just like for the audience. It's like a bacteria. It's like, what did you say? And they get sores. Comparable to, like, human athlete's foot. Yeah, I mean, it would be something like that. And, down around the, the hoof. Yeah, and so... Um, Thankfully for the horse world, because the horse world is a um, wealth of knowledge. Because if you haven't experienced it, I feel like somebody else has. So I put out a little call out to my Facebook friends. I haven't really had to deal with mud scratches before. And I had a bunch of people give me their um, home-brewed recipes. Uh, One of them, there's this coat defense, Mm -hmm. um, which is a a pre-made 
one of my friends said slap that on them it will dry them out so what I ended up doing is doing the code defense and then I switched to a concoction that my former dog walker um, she owns a company called um, Christie's Critters and it's in Maryland and she was a fabulous dog walker she's also an amazing equestrian and she has a beautiful farm and she is always helpful because she's had a lot of different things over the years that she's had to tackle and she gave me a recipe on to put on their skin afterwards so um, I dried them out and then to heal them we did a concoction of zinc oxide athlete's foot um, remedy we did um, bacitracin and cortisone yeah. and we mixed it all together and we've been pretty much he's almost completely clear he has one little spot on his hoof that's kind of I don't know what's going on with that. I'm probably going to have the vet look at it. Yeah. But we've been putting it on when it's wet or crappy out. We make sure we coat him just to make sure we get on top of everything. And it heals. It makes a difference. It does. It totally makes a difference. Um, the other thing about him is his feet. She had pulled his shoes um, for the winter. And unfortunately, um, his feet, his quality of his hoof wall had um, really gone away. Yeah, we were uh, thinking that... Um... He was, when we got him, he didn't have um, shoes. horseshoes on. And although and that, I want to say he was sound. Yeah, he checked out fine. Um, but when we had the uh, farrier come and do the shoe, all the other horses, the she walked in. He had, yeah. They, they had widened out and. Yeah, they had kind of got bathered and she couldn't really, she wanted to try to shape him because he didn't have any hoof wall left really to nail to on the outside wall. So we did some stuff. We had talked about putting gluons, doing sigafoos, all kinds of different things on it. What are sigafoos? They're um like a fiberglass, a full shield fiberglass um, mm. shoe that they put on, um, so you don't have to nail it all into the hoof. Um, they're expensive. Let's just say they they are chiching. Yeah. Um, but she said like, let me see if we can get them on like a four week schedule and start to tighten up, you know, and shape his feet, and hopefully we can get them to start growing instead of splathing out. Um, and so we've been working on that. Um, and we finally got shoes on him. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Yeah, so that took about two shoe cycles. We've got uh, shoes on his front, but not his Not back. his back. His back seemed fine. Um, if I if he starts to get a little foot sore behind, we'll, we'll take a second dive at that and yeah. maybe put them on him. Um, I'm, I tend to traditionally be a person that puts four shoes on all my horses, but I all of a sudden have a horse that doesn't need shoes right now, knock on wood, that she never has to. And then my other two wear, um, one wears steel all around, one wears aluminum and pads up front with steel behind. So I just kind of, I've gotten to the point where I just kind of listen to the horse and see what they want me to do for them, and then we'll adjust as yeah. necessary. Oh, and since the uh, last episode, we got a new farrier. Um, our old farrier moved on, and yeah, um, someone recommended um, the new My friend farrier. Michelle Sargent and Sarah Crocker, they yeah. both recommended um, our new farrier, and she's pretty fabulous, yeah. so we like her a lot. She's very chill, very accommodating. I worry that she's going to burn out because she comes on Sundays to tack shoes on. But, um, you know, I reassure her that unless, you know, I have something big planned, she does not need to drop everything and come on a Sunday. But yeah. she she wants to. Yeah, she seems like she's good. Great, great customer service. Great, great, great customer service. So we really lucked out there. Yeah. And I really, really, really like the way she shoes Risa. Um, she really 
Risa, as most of you guys remember, has had some EPM issues. We're going to try to see if we can get her going again, see if there's something neurological with her. And um, when I when I told Megan that you know she had some issues, she really took the toe back and rocked it. And I got to tell you, she looks. I haven't even seen her trip in the paddock when she's been galloping around. And remember how she would trip every so often just walking in on that um, right front? Uh-huh. She hasn't even been doing that. So hopefully this is a good sign. So Yeah. So that is... Oh, wait. Did you want to tell him about the fact that he was a stakes winner? Well, he was... Um, so he came off the track in... Um, not really coming off the track in Charlestown. He worked at the track in Charlestown yeah. as a... Uh, pony. Pony chaser. Pony horse? Pony horse. And then he was an <laughs> So what, what that is, just for everybody, is that they... Um, Pony horse leads will, the horse to the inbox. Yeah, but then they, if uh, a rider falls off the horse and they need to go catch the horse, they'll run him down. Yeah, that's a um, outrider. Outrider. Mm-hmm. So, and he was really good at it. And he's actually showed us how good he is a couple times. Like, I was standing in the middle of the ring riding him. Guinness took off with Kevin and... Um, Kevin seemed like he was having fun. Kevin, Kelly was like, uh, you're out of control. And James was like, yep, he's out of control. Let's go get him. <laughs> and he yeah. spun on me to go try to chase him. Yeah. And I told Kevin and he didn't really believe me. And no, then he was, was on James in the middle ring and James kept pivoting to watch where Guinness was yeah. the whole time. He just pivots around. So Guinness is, well, well, we'll talk about that later, but Guinness is a bit of the alpha horse right now, yeah. even though James is bigger. But anyhow, so the history of Lucky James is he was a um, uh, thoroughbred, mm-hmm. raced in New Jersey, yep. raced at the Meadowlands in Monmouth, mm-hmm. Monmouth, um, won like half a million dollars in his career, so pretty, uh, pretty steady. Yeah. Um, and then he was a working horse up in Charlestown. Yeah. Good, good horse. Good. This is where um, got a real gentle soul. Yeah. And this is where, like, when I was younger, I always remember. Um, I had a gentleman that uh, did my horse's teeth, and he had, he had been a jockey. And he said to me one day, he said, you know what? People are always looking for the dud on the track because they think, oh, I'll get the slow horse, and that will make me a good horse. You don't want the slow horse that didn't want to work and didn't want to try. You want to go out, and you want to buy the horse that won. Yeah. And you want the horse that's worked hard because that horse is the horse that's going to want to change careers and please you because it's just got a good work ethic. And I always was like, yeah, but, you know, who wants a fast horse when you're trying to do hunters and slide, like go slowly? But um, James has probably got the nicest canter in my barn. Mm. Uh, he is nice and steady, steady, rhythmic, right pace. right pace. It doesn't change. And he's just he's been very willing to try to figure out what Kevin and I want from him um, after a long career with his mom. Yeah. So yeah. big plug to the war horses out there. <laughs> so very yeah. good. Um, let's see. Do you want to move on to puppies? Yeah, we've got a lot on the puppy side. We're not going to cover it all this episode. No, we're going to probably do a lot of it the second episode. Some of it was not so good. So yeah. we'll start with, Boo has been pretty much status quo um, for this episode. He was status quo. Um, Up through like um, mid-March. Yeah. And, he um, was starting to seem to be older and older though. Yeah. And just kinda, but he's, he's hanging in there. Yeah, so he... Um, he was getting his weekly acupuncture. We could see by the fifth day it was starting to wear off. Um, he would start to lose his hind end. And we'll talk about that more in the next episode because yeah. there's some significance to him losing the hind end that yeah. we weren't aware of. Um, and then we had talked about the fact that we wanted to get a gate. We had to get the fence people to come back out because we have 
the way our dog yard was set up, I don't know what I was thinking, but when they, we had them put up the fence, we had them put one gate and I think I was going to do like a stone wall. I was trying to be creative and at the end of the day, sometimes creativity doesn't pay off, but we had an opening so you could still get into the barnyard and I had put up, I used to have a puppy playpen for Sebastian when he was little Um, and I would put him and Boo in it and Boo would look at me like, why, why have you done this to me and put me with this stupid puppy in a pen? (laughs) Um, but I have it. And so I used it to block off the access to the greater farm. And of course, um, after a little bit, Sebastian decided he figured out how to move the gate. Yep. And he kept moving the gate. And then we would all of a sudden notice Sebastian wasn't in the yard and we would barricade it and then he would figure out how to move it again. He wanted to go into the uh, horse barn. And why? Why did he want to go into the horse barn? Our dogs tend to eat horse horse, horse manure. So Horse he, shite. Yeah. So he was very like adamant that he needed to go and get some snicky snacks in the barn. Yeah. And um, he kept doing it. And then one day we noticed he wasn't in the yard, but he was in Reese's paddock. Which means he was on the wrong side of the fence. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. So we had to put up more barricades and we were really happy that the pe- fence people had confirmed that they were coming at some point. So yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit more. But on that dog front, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, um, and then we moved on to peonies. <laughs> All of our gardening. Yeah. So we, as we stated in the last episode that we did in February, we bought and put up some greenhouses, little greenhouses, they're like mini pop-ups, and one blew away, so. Yeah, the, the, so we, Kelly had ordered a bunch of different small greenhouses, some were tall, some were lower to the ground, and what we found is the the tall, taller, thin ones were able to uh, stake up close to the house so they can withstand the wind. We thought the lower to the ground ones would be able to do the same, but they just got swept away, yeah. even when staked to the fence. Yes. Um, it just didn't work. So I'm not sure if we've mentioned it before, but we have ridiculous, crazy wind at our property. Yeah. Um, like we need to have somebody reach out to us on um, Flux Blue Moon Farm at gmail.com and tell us about wind turbines, mini little wind turbines that you can put up on your farm to help with your own electric bills or something. Because we get a lot of wind. That would probably be our best option is the amount of wind we get. Um, Anyways, so they blew away. But the little one, the green one has worked out fabulously. I started seedlings. Um, My first go with tomatoes failed horribly for some reason maybe the seeds were bad i don't know and then the second round has gone pretty good they're growing um and then i've done snap peas which i really got to get into earth yeah um and they're growing great and a lot lot of lettuce i have um brussels sprouts and beans mixed beans that are growing in the greenhouse right now and a couple other little odds and ends so we have plenty to start ourselves um planting in the garden and then um, we have to clean out the garden beds. We also went off and bought additional fencing for the garden. Yeah, so the main garden um, down uh, just below the horse barn, uh, we placed four beds last year. And there's we got 
a lot of yard there. So we are expanding it out. We have some um, metal fences we got at Lowe's last year that have worked well in terms of keeping the deer out of the garden. And so we went and um, bought uh, some new uh, treated wood for the raised beds. Uh, still need to finish building those um, and then expanded out the fencing. The fencing was expanded out. We need to do a little more. And then we're going to try to, last year we had mixed beds. Mm-hmm. This year we're going to try to do one crop per bed Yeah. Uh, just to make it easier to harvest and to get around the garden. Yeah. See how it works out. Yeah. And then the other thing that Kevin actually bought last year were the potato bags that we didn't actually use them. Yeah. So you had bought like four. And I was clearly obsessed with trying to get potatoes because we missed the the go last year, which is yeah. weird because potatoes seem everywhere this year. Well, yeah, exactly. And then when I did try to order potatoes, <laughs> I ordered them on Amazon. And it... <laughs> Like, they couldn't get potatoes in the U.S., so they had to get potatoes from Europe. And I ended up getting, like, little seeds yeah, from and, the and Netherlands. We that... think that these might be scary things. <laughs> so we're not really sure what they are, but I did, to just yesterday, plant them in a bag onto yeah. their own where we'll put in questionable potatoes. Maybe, yeah. Maybe not. So when uh, the season was starting, so this was, what, late February mm-hmm. into March, southern states started to have potatoes um yukon gold and mm-hmm. all the other varietals the yeah the reds to plant and uh so now we have a whole population of potatoes well what happened also is that before we had gone to southern states i had gone on to the burpee catalog site and i was like i'm buying potatoes damn it and um I did. I bought potatoes. I apparently bought sweet potatoes too, and I had no idea I bought them, and they randomly showed up the other day. Yeah. Um, so we had to buy more potato bags because we clearly had more potato seedlings than we did bags. So Didn't want them going bad. Yeah. I think we have how many potato bags right now? We're probably around 40. Yeah, maybe. We're going to have a lot of potatoes. Yeah, but some of them have. I actually did put some carrots in a couple of the potato bags. I also did radishes in uh-huh. a couple of them. Um, the carrots, I'm horrible apparently about growing carrots. I have one bag out of four that have grown. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm doing there. Um but, but but the nice thing about the potato bags is they have a flap on the yeah, side. So check them out. And that with a, like a piece of uh, plastic, clear plastic, cut like a window into the soil. No, no, it's not. You just open it up and, and you can like pull them out through that. There's no plastic there. And you just see that they're growing. Yeah. So we're not, you're not seeing the carrots and no, no, no. the bags. So that, we actually put um peanuts in some of the bags yeah too. we, we uh, grew peanuts last year <laughs> did we eat them uh no. no but we were just trying it out to see and we grew peanuts i mean we did at, we just missed the harvest yeah there when we went down to get the gardens ready there were plenty of shells so we're gonna try to do that more earnestly this year and the other thing that we've um kind of last year we were trying to be very very um i don't know kind to everything um we didn't put we tried to do the vinegar and water on the driveway for the weeds The weeds and it works a little bit but it takes a lot and it smells yeah vinegary very vinegary so what we did this year is we got a i think it's like animal safe 
biodegradable or whatever orkin and it started to work but again i was too afraid to mix it as strong as it probably it needed to be and so i have to go back and make it a stronger mixture yeah but it worked pretty good on some of the less um feisty weeds but we started growing here really early this year like the weeds are in full force yeah last year when we moved in in april it took a probably a month or month and a half to to really get everything blooming and now i mean within two weeks into april things were taken off and we have already had to mow a couple times so that shows you how bad the grass has been so um the other thing that we purchased that got finally delivered and had been kind of sitting in a nice cool place for a while until we'll talk about the rest of it later but the vines yeah so we decided last year to well actually i wanted to buy some to because kelly wanted to eventually learn how to make wine and learn how to harvest and maybe work on a winery so i had searched the internet and found this place i think it's in new york double double a vineyards and they have all kinds of varietals of grapes etc you can buy wine grapes you can buy like concord grapes um or how would they pronounce that in uh, massachusetts concord um but we bought so we had researched last summer two grape varietals i guess varietals is the right word i could be off on that uh two grapes that do well in virginia are petite verdot and petite mansang verdot is the red one and mansang is the white so last November, I bought 10 Petite Verdot vines, and they don't deliver them over the winter because they're dormant, and you should plant them either in November or at the start of the spring season. So they delivered the 10 Petite Verdot vines at the end of March, and then I had ordered uh, in the spring 10 of the Petite Mansang, uh, which are the white. And they would deliver like two weeks later. So they were kind of weird how they, uh, well, I'm sure it's not weird. It's just the way I had never seen them deliver before. They just came as like bare vines. So, like, and they had some like shredded up newspaper around them and to some keep of that them gel moist. stuff to keep the moisture in. To... And it held it for like a long time. Yeah. So we kept, we had wa- opened up the Petit Verdot and added some additional water because we didn't get to them. The, the, Temperatures were getting close to freezing on some nights, so we didn't want to plant them too early. Mm-hmm. But finally, that that broke. We were staying up around the 40s in the evenings, yeah. and then uh, we'll talk about it the next episode. Yeah. We uh, got them, got out to plant them last weekend, and yeah. so we'll get into the details of that. Yeah, definitely. So the poultry, I feel like the chickens are status quo. Yeah. Um, Roxy is living in the barn. Roxy's still. the one that got beat up a little bit, but yeah. we pulled her out, and she's doing fine. She's, actually living like a queen. And yeah, a, I don't think she actually wants to be reunited with yeah. them. I think she likes the fact that she has quietness in yeah. her own little barn. And um, when the other chickens are um, forced to hang out in the run-in of their chicken coop, when it's raining, she's got a nice big stall. Dry. And it's all dry. So she seems um, she seems status quo, still getting tons of eggs. That's one thing that we got all winter. Yeah. We, they never slowed down at We've all. We've been uh, donating to people. Dominating the eggs to people, mm-hmm. uh, including our vet and some our friends. Our friend Lori. Yeah. Um, she brings them um, to her family as well. And your parents when they and came my up. my parents. And their neighbors. And their neighbors. So, And we got some uh, little Flux Blue Moon Farm stamps mm-hmm. so we can do some branding of our 
eggs. Our farm is in our eggs. Um, for the pick-me-ups, like we said before, we just didn't do a lot with the pick-me-ups. Yeah, we've got, uh, well, we have hit upon, uh, so I had a membership to Costco and had periodically tried some of the Kirkland wines, but never really got into them. And then it's like, we just started buying like the... Uh, Cheap ones. It's like $7 mm-hmm. Malbecs and Rieslings, and they're really good. And the Prosecco. Yeah, the That's Prosecco's in fact great. what we're... Uh, we're doing this during the morning. Yeah. So we're drinking Prosecco and orange juice. And it's mimosas. Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Mother's yeah. Day to all the mothers Happy out there. Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Ching. Cheers. <laughs> um, yeah. So we we definitely um, were not snooty wine drinkers. So that's kind of um, a good thing. And yeah. then um, my father is still like, he's still shepherding alcohol to us from Mystic down in yeah, uh, North the Carolina. Bourbon. He definitely is loving that so or whiskey yeah and um, then we got your um dad the uh beer beer making kit yeah. and they brought up some i don't know if we're going to talk that this episode we can talk about it this episode so we got him a beer making kit for christmas right for christmas and we ended up getting um the gentleman that sends us the coffee that yeah. kit later on yeah based on my Luke. father liking it yeah and uh, my my father and my mother they dove right into making the beer yeah it's kind of cool and you said it's really good. I can't, yeah, it's good. I can't drink it because I'm gluten free. But um, it's, it, we've got um, your dad brought some up. We had it at mm-hmm. dinner. It was it's really tasty. Yeah. So there's like a little um, hobby. And I had actually bought you a um, a gin making kit that yeah. you haven't quite dove in yet, but you we started have, to clean them up. Yeah, we have them ready to go. So you had vodka and you had the juniper berries and the other botanicals. Mm-hmm. And then age them a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. We'll yeah. talk about that in a future episode. Yeah, definitely. And then um, for our products, we'll talk more about the products aside from the greenhouses once we get um, to that. Um, next episode. Ne- next episode. We episode need to get it. Of course, there's never a moment where you don't need to buy farm stuff. I'm yeah. just going to add that. Um, well, at least we don't have to buy as much this year. Last yeah. year we had to buy virtually everything. Yeah, one of the things I did purchase ahead of time because I'm flipping out about flies oh, yeah. was I bought all those citronella things that I found really, really, really worked well last year. Yeah, in the uh, running sheds. And they sheds. lasted a long time. I have a whole box of them. I was waiting until it starts to get... A little warmer so I don't waste them, burn them too. But I've got a bunch of those. I've got refills for them. Um, we're going to hang them up in all the running sheds because we're starting to use all the paddocks yeah. now. And then I bought like 950 fly bags only to find out that I put some in our... We have a septic tank that's in between our house and our barn, and it it's attracts the, flies. Yeah, in the garden area. In the garden area. And they, they tried to cover it up nicely. And I've Yeah, it looks nice. And we've tried to like take down the little wall, put the little wall up, put things Just on to top kinda, of it. Yeah, put to flowers and stuff. It. So it has a nice little um, tin... Um, like Wash bin. Wash bin that, that I've... we have flowers That in. I've done like an arrangement in there. Um, and then I decided I was going to get on top of the flies before the flies got really bad, and I was going to put a fly bag there to catch the flies. And then our dog, Obi. <laughs> Obi, Obi, the... Obi-Wan Kenobi, the, the big dumb Labrador. Yes, um, decided that that putrid smell was amazing, and he knocked it over. He was licking it. He was licking it, and he rolled in it, 
And I thought the septic had gone. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it really it was the did. dog. I really did. I was like, Kevin, we need to have the septic people come out. It smells so bad over here. And Kevin's like, I don't really, ooh, I smell it. That's really bad. And it took us about what? It was about 10 minutes. 10 minutes to realize the dog had knocked over the yeah. fly bag and the smell was yeah. actually what we had created rather yeah we did it ourselves um so we just so we moved that out to where the uh, manure pile is and then i moved on to fly predators which is awesome do you want to talk about that now or in the future we can talk about it right now why not so what is it like the nature's nature's good guys so i've gotten it from two companies um smart pack just happens to be my lazy way of doing it because i get so much horse products from smart pack um, but they have fly stoppers. Otherwise, you'll know them as um, fly predators, they'll yeah. call them. And um, I forgot what the other company's name was. But anyways. Um, we'll talk about it the next episode. Yeah, we'll, we'll well, I'll out. just make mention their name in the next one. But through SmartPak, I can order on a, like a monthly cycle to get fly predators and put them around. And we found... As soon as we put them in some of the hot spots at the beginning. So what they they come in a bag. They're dormant, right? Yeah. They're in their little eggs. Right now, we're looking at them right now. If anyone's wondering, and they're in like uh, sawdust, and then yeah. like their eggs, and then yeah. they start to hatch. And yeah. when they hatch in the bag, that's when you have to put them out. Yep, which we have to do today, apparently. Yeah. Um, and so you put them in any of the hotbed spots, right? So we put some out by our septic tank. And they seem to cut down a little bit. We also found them, they were attracted to the lights. Like we have solar lights around our The flies were. And we buried them right at each, not each post, but around the posts. And then those went away. It's made a big difference. We had like a huge outburst. So it's just natural predators to flies. And then one of the interesting thing is the other company that I ordered them from, like I said, I'll try to find their name at some, um, Spalding. Spalding Labs. Yeah. Um, they actually have things called beneficial nematodes, which I'm like morbidly curious to try. Put them in by the flowers we're planting. <laughs> yeah, or... so they're supposed to, you know, they're supposed to eat the bad, bad bugs and then um, add good nutrients to the yeah. soil too. So I might actually try to do that down by the vineyard. Yeah. Once we do it, and then the gardens. Um, by our uh, tree that the beetles. Yeah. Decided to in. Kill the almost. walking what the, was it walking stick jacob's walking stick yeah so um so lots going on there um and i think we covered the train for this episode we I think so so we'll do like a part two maybe even a part three because we have a lot of content to cover yeah uh, but we'll go ahead and wrap this one up and um then jump on the next yeah, one yeah so i want to thank everybody for joining and we'll be talking to you again in a few moments yeah thank you all bye. talk soon bye